of what you're about to see is extremely disturbing. Hey folks, Patrick here. Welcome to AFB, Aliens for Beginners podcast, where as you may or may not know, we are not a conspiracy podcast. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We have no political leanings nor agendas, and we do not purport the existence of a multi-tentacle blood-sucking demiurge. It's just for fun, damn it. And speaking of fun, prepare yourself for the second Fun Facts for Beginners episode on AFB. And not just any Fun Facts for Beginners episode. This will be a Fun Facts for Beginners Skinwalker Ranch edition. So if you folks out there in listener land are like me, then you are a huge fan of the popular History Channel series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. So, before we get into the fun facts, I want to talk about the the series for a minute. So, I think that the owner of Skinwalker Ranch, Brandon Fugel, I think this guy has stepped up like nobody else has in a long time in the field of paranormal research. He's put his money and his reputation on the line to push forward with his investigation of high strangeness at Skinwalker Ranch. And he's done this with unparalleled transparency. And, uh, you know, the guy's, the guy's legit. He's a real deal. He's a successful businessman. He doesn't have to do what he's doing. He's doing it because he thinks it's important. It's a passion. And he, he thinks there's something there that, you know, is, is, is worth discovering. And uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And, you know, he's also had his own uh, experience on the ranch. So, uh, Brandon saw a metallic disc in in broad daylight on the ranch. Uh, which, you know, obviously solidified his, uh, his purpose there. So, <clears throat> I just want to say that I, I would highly recommend listeners to watch or listen to one or some of the online interviews that Brandon has done, you get a real sense of what the guy's about. The guy's a straight shooter. And his interview with Richard Dolan on Dolan's YouTube channel, that's a good example uh, to get a flavor of, uh, of what Brandon's all about. So he's doing uh, this research out there. He's put together this team at uh, considerable expense to himself. And also... You know, at, at risk, I mean, the guy's a, a genuine risk taker. He doesn't have to do this. He, you know, there, there's nothing compelling him to, to do it. He's not going to make a fortune off of it. I mean, I, I would expect that at some point the, the branch has to, uh, you know, be, be self-sustainable in some way. So, I mean, yeah, I would look for something along those lines. But, uh, yeah, the guy's, uh, he's really stepped up. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for doing that. So, <clears throat> I was interested in Skinwalk Ranch uh, many years before the series came out, and which is now beginning its fourth season. And you folks who, who have been into Skinwalk Ranch since the 
the George and Ant days uh, when the book The Hunt for the Skinwalker came out. Uh, you know, it's it's been shrouded in, in mystery and secrecy. Um, the, when uh, the Shermans sold the ranch to Robert Bigelow, and he studied it for a decade or more with his team, uh, funded in part by the federal government to the tune of $25 million, uh, there was no transparency there, and, and even having sold the ranch to Brandon Fugel, uh, he did not pass along, to, to my understanding, he did not pass along any of his findings or data, and so Brandon's kind of starting over from scratch there. Um, and and uh, if you listen to Brandon, he's not bothered by that at all, and he totally respects, you know, Bigelow's decision on that front. So, you know, we did, we don't, we got a glimpse into the ranch when uh, Jeremy Corbell's documentary came out a few years ago, and that was a big deal. And, you know, you got to see the famous uh, trailer that the bulls were trapped in in the corrals and the, and the homesteads and all that stuff. But now, with the History Channel series, it's really been opened up in, in a major way. And if you follow the series, you see all the interesting findings that they're doing and you know that team is a legit team there there's nothing scripted there it's uh the the scientists are who they say they are and they're conducting the experiments in a scientific way so i think they deserve uh a lot of credit for for all of that so before we get into the fun facts we'll just touch base on the background of the ranch for folks who aren't familiar the name Skinwalker Ranch comes from local Native American lore of the Skinwalker, which is defined as a malevolent witch uh, that has the ability to transform into an animal. So a shape-shifting witch. So the local tribe, the Utes, believe the land where the ranch is located was cursed by uh such a person. So that anyway, that's I'm not saying they believe it necessarily, but that's the lore, and certainly some of them believe it, as they they famously do not like to discuss the Skinwalker or go on the ranch property. Um, so my take on that, um, even though I respect the the lore, but that that type uh, of lore, it's it's founded in the same type of fear of witchcraft that we saw in colonial America and, and in Europe. And they actually had the native native Americans in particular, the Navajos actually conducted like witch hunts, witch purges. So where people who were suspected of being, uh, of practicing witchcraft or being a witch or a skinwalker were, were killed. And I believe there was one Navajo purge where I think this was recounted in um, The Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colin Keller and co-authored by George Nat. There was a Navajo witch purge which resulted in the deaths of some 40 people. So <clears throat> when you get into this fear of this, this type of stuff, uh, black magic or, or whatever you want to call it, then this these types of suspicions are born. And I, I'm thinking that um, the skinwalker 
may have been a convenient way to explain high strangeness that's been going on uh, on this land for possibly hundreds of years. So if the Indians, I'm sorry, the Native Americans, um, if they if they witness this this high strangeness, then it, it may have been you know they're not going to understand it, so they're going to explain it in terms of their of their lore and their beliefs and that's you know any society uh would be would you know be likely to do that so i don't really think that the skinwalker uh curse or whatever necessarily has anything to do with the activity itself uh on the ranch but i think it's just it's a namesake that kind of stuck uh with the property so just a brief history, the, um, the Skinwalker Ranch uh, as a paranormal hotspot came to the forefront in uh, the mid-1990s when the Sherman family, Gwen and Terry Sherman, purchased the ranch. They were cattle, uh, uh, cattle ranchers. And they purchased the 500-acre ranch, which is located in the Uinta Basin in Utah, and it's bordered by two Native American reservations. And the Shermans uh, began to almost immediately, actually um, literally immediately, began to experience uh, high strangeness. And then the the word of this high strangeness spread, and it was reported on, and uh, George Knapp got involved in reporting on it as well. And it became, it got quickly got a reputation as a hotspot for uh, paranormal activity, including UFOs, cryptids, and anything you can imagine going on there. So the the Sherman subsequently sold the ranch uh, in 1996 to aerospace tycoon Robert Bigelow. He studied the ranch uh, with his organization NIDS, and um, George Knapp and Calm Keller were were present to document some of this stuff. Hence their book, The Hunt for the Skinwalker. And this the funding there was 25 million dollars of funding that was associated with Harry Reid that was designated as the the federal funding to study UFOs, that money actually went towards the study of uh, Skinwalker Ranch. So Bigelow, once he concluded his his studies out there, his scientific experiments, he subsequently sold the ranch to real estate businessman Brandon Fugel, uh, whose team of scientists had been have been studying the ranch with the cooperation of the History Channel. And the secret of Skinwalker Ranch now in its fourth season. So now we'll get into the fun facts. So Skinwalker Ranch fun fact number one: When the Shermans purchased the ranch in the 1990s, 1994, and as I said, there would be folks who ended up selling it to Bigelow, who studied the ranch with government funding several years, studied it to uh, sell, sold it to Fugel. The elderly sellers insisted on a clause in the sales contract requiring the Shermans to notify them in advance whenever they planned to do any digging, i.e. excavating, on the property. So if you watch the series, you recall from early on in the series, digging was an issue. Bad things happen when you dig on the ranch. So the question is, did this set, set off any alarm bells for the uh, 
for the Shermans, and apparently it didn't. Um, according to the uh, the hunt for the Skinwalker, they kind of thought it was a, a quirky thing request from the folks, but uh, apparently they didn't think any a whole lot of it. I mean, myself, I would have thought that was pretty weird. And in particular, with given the Native American um, background, and I don't know if they were f- familiar with the, the Skinwalker legend or not, but as far as this being cursed, but if you've got, you're bordered by Native American lands and there's a history there, uh, I mean, my thought might have been a burial ground or something, that there's something hidden there that you don't want to disturb. Um, something along those lines, but yeah, so they, the, uh, elderly couple who sold the ranch to the Shermans insisted on a clause in the contract that the Shermans be required to notify them in advance if they ever plan to do any digging on the property. So if you consider for a moment, here's people who have sold the, the, uh, property, they've moved away, but if you're going to dig, they want to know. So I'll move on to Skinwalker Ranch fun fact number two. When the Shermans arrived on the 500-acre ranch to move in, they found that the homestead they were moving into, Homestead 1, had multiple deadbolts on both sides of the exterior doors, the windows were bolted shut, even the kitchen cabinets had bolts, and apparently the previous owners had also kept a large guard dog chained at each end of the house as evidenced by the iron stakes driven into the ground and large chains. So, that, I mean, that would have given me pause <laughs> if I was moving into this place, and that's what I found. Uh, following on the request to notify in advance if I was to do any digging, uh, but apparently the Shermans were not entirely phased. So now we'll move on to Skinwalker Inch fun fact number three, and this would be the famous or infamous day one incident with the the uh, so-called dire wolf. So this uh, wolf was said to be enormous, its head reaching mid-chest on a six-foot-plus man, it's estimated to weigh 200 plus pounds. So the Shermans, uh, they've moved into the property. They're out by uh, a corral where there are some calves or kept inside the corral. And they see this uh, extremely large canine approaching them. And it appears to be completely tame, walking calmly up to the Shermans and allowing them to pet it, causing them to think it may have been a neighbor's pet. So that thing had to have been, like, extremely tame-looking, given its size, for them to think it was cool to pet to pet this animal. Um, it had piercing pale blue eyes, so it's letting the Shermans pet it. And everything's going well until all hell breaks loose when the canine attempts to snatch a calf out of the corral fence 
when the curious animal pokes its snout through to get a better look at what's going on. So everything's cool. This calf, he wants to get a get a better look, see what's going on out there. He sticks his nose out. The wolf notices and decides he wants that calf for a snack. And then uh, it's all fun and games until the wolf grabs the calf by the snout. So the wolf grabs this calf by the snout and won't let go. So they're uh, beating it, kicking it, pushing it, trying to get it to let loose of the calf. It won't do it. So Sherman retrieves a 357 Magnum handgun from his truck and shoots the animal three times at point blank range. And the animal is unfazed. There is no blood. And the animal shows no signs of distress. Uh, anyone who's familiar with handguns knows that that a three if you get popped with a 357 Magnum, you you are done. At point blank range, you are done. <clears throat> so Sherman ended up putting two more rounds into the wolf out of a 30 odd six to no avail. So it appeared to be bulletproof. The animal finally lost interest, released the calf, and trotted away. The Shermans attempted to track the animal, but its tracks came to an abrupt end as if it had vanished into midair. There was no blood trail whatsoever. So this animal was shot uh, supposedly five times, left no blood trail, did not appear to be in distress, they were able to track it by following its tracks. The tracks ended in, uh, I don't know if it was a marshy area or a damp area, but it was distinct enough to know that the, the, the tracks were distinct, and it was distinct enough to see that they had ended there with no apparent place for the wolf to have gone, almost as if it had vanished. So an interesting piece of this is that apparently a uh, a piece of flesh and fur did fall off of the wolf, and when examined, it, it appeared to be putrid and rotten. Uh, this immediately after the incident. So that's pretty strange right there. If, if this was a flesh and blood animal, you would have a bloody piece of fresh, you know, flesh, scalp, hair, whatever. You would not have something that was bloodless yet yet putrid and rotten. So that whole thing is weird. And then where did this wolf go? So there's uh, talk of portals on the ranch, interdimensional activity. So did this wolf simply go into a portal and go back to where it came from? Now this wolf, or one exactly like it, was seen, uh, was spotted on the ranch after this incident. Skinwalker Ranch fun fact number four. The Sherman saw several types of UFO crafts while residing on the ranch and were particularly plagued by one that resembled a refrigerator turned on its side with a bright white light beam coming out the front and a red light coming out the back as it glided around the property. Other crafts cited include triangular craft, a hovering cloud with blinking lights inside of it. A craft that resembled a stealth fighter that hovered noiselessly 20 feet over Gwen Sherman's car. 
classic flying saucers, very large cigar-shaped craft, floating orbs of different sizes and colors, a large orange circle which appeared to be some sort of a portal as other objects were seen emerging from it, as well as something that looked like a large RV with a huge window in the side through which Mrs. Sherman could see a very tall man dressed all in black sitting at what appeared to be a desk. Wow. So, the crafts that were seen run the gamut of your classic uh, UFOs. You've got your cigar-shaped, your classic saucer-shaped, you got your triangles. Uh, the floating refrigerator is pretty damn weird. Um, as is the, the RV. And as I said in the beginning, uh, Brandon Fugel saw what he described as a metallic classic, uh, disc as well. So all types of, of UFO, UAP crafts. And, and the, the book, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, recounts how Terry Sherman frequently considered the possibility that he was living in the vicinity of some kind of experimental aircraft uh, zone and thinking, you know, wondering, is this, is this military or, you know, is this man-made or what is this stuff? Skinwalker Ranch fun fact number five. The Shermans were plagued by poltergeist-type trickster activity such as the misplacement of everything from kitchen utensils to large pieces of equipment. A 70-pound post hole auger went missing while Sherman was working on some fences. He'd only stepped away for a moment, and it was gone. It was found weeks later, 20 feet up in a tree. So you've got poltergeist activity. I believe there was even, like, literally stuff from out of the movie poltergeist like weird kitchen stuff cabinets open chairs stacked on the tables uh groceries that were uh unpacked and put away all of a sudden back out again all kinds of weird stuff like that so that kind of speaks to the uh the trickster element of of this whole thing and i'll touch on that at the end with the last the last fun fact the last incident Skinwalker Ranch fun fact number six. Okay, so this is a weird one. The <laughs> like, no, like the other stuff hasn't been, but the Shermans were also plagued by small blue orbs that appeared to be translucent with a roiling blue liquid inside. The orbs appeared to be under intelligent control and were able to dart through trees at a high rate of speed. These orbs were able to approach the Shermans and manipulate their emotions filling them with a paralyzing sense of fear, which caused them to tremble and their knees to buckle. So the interesting thing about this is, while the orbs were kind of weird and maybe, you know, somewhat scary, they, according to the accounts, they did not warrant, like, this level of paralyzing fear. So apparently they these orbs were able to generate this emotion in the Shermans. 
So, uh, I, I got into this a little bit in my interview with Tim Moon in the, uh, in the Tomato Fields episode, where uh, Tim suggested we're talking about Bigfoot uh, generating this fear and dread, and people uh, in the vicinity of Bigfoot, even before they see it, they have this dread. And, um, you know, it may be something that these creatures are able to generate as maybe a warning or a defense mechanism or some other form of manipulation. This, uh, all right, fun fact number seven. This, this may be my, this may be my favorite fun fact of Skinwalker Ranch. So, a strange man showed up on the ranch one day and stated, he told the Shermans, that he had driven a great distance to meditate on the ranch, having heard about it through the grapevine. He pleaded with the Shermans to allow him to do so. Bemused, the Shermans humored him and drove him around until he picked a spot in a small pasture. The man began to meditate, standing up, eyes closed, and arms out. The Shermans began to notice movement in the tree line while the man was meditating. A large, partially visible creature burst out like a blur, ran up to the man, and let out a soul-penetrating roar then darted back into the woods. The man flew back ten feet and began screaming and crying. When Sherman approached him, the man clung to him like a child for several minutes. They took the man back to his vehicle and he fled erratically and at a high rate of speed. Later, while watching the movie Predator, both Sherman and his son exclaimed, that's what we saw, referring to the partially visible creature that had charged the meditating man. So what happened here? What could this creature have been? Why was it so pissed off at the guy meditating? Ah, many, so many questions. I think that this creature could have been a Bigfoot with some sort of cloaking ability. Or some maybe some kind of related creature to to the Bigfoot with cloaking ability because the Bigfoots are known for the the soul penetrating roar that, you know, pierces the soul and strikes fear in your heart and renders you helpless and trembling. So that really sounds like Bigfoot right there. Um, could this, cre- this creature obviously had some kind of cloaking ability? But why was it so pissed off because the guy was meditating? Maybe it was just annoying. Like, I think I would be annoyed if someone showed up on my... You know, just showed up and said, Hey, look at me, I'm going to stand out in the field and meditate. That would kind of be annoying, right? I don't blame that creature for doing that. No. I'm okay with that one. 
And then we've got Skinwalker Ranch Fun Fact number 8. I'm not against meditation. I meditate myself. Don't get me wrong. But I, well, you know, I I don't go on someone else, my neighbor's yard. I'm going to meditate over here in your yard. You know, I'll meditate in my car or, you know, in my room or somewhere. So, I'm, to, I'm totally cool with meditation. So maybe there was something about the meditation that uh, caused the creature to see the guy as a threat. Maybe he was going to make some kind of contact that he shouldn't be making. Who knows? That's a, that's an interesting one there. So, Skinwalker Ranch Fun Fact number 8. So, the dire wolf was not the only cryptid the Shermans encountered on the ranch. So, there are stories, actually, of Bigfoot uh, being on and around the ranch. Uh, Native American stories of a Sasquatch-type creature uh, with the big footprints and all on and in the vicinity of the ranch. And then there was the question of, is this a real Bigfoot, or is this a skinwalker, or what? Who knows? But yeah, there was uh, there was Bigfoot sign on or about the ranch. Um, this particular animal, uh, one day Terry Sherman spotted a strange animal harassing the horses. And the Shermans describe it as being quite low to the ground, heavily muscled, weighing about 200 pounds with curly hair and a big, bushy tail. The creature seemed to be toying with the horses, scratching at their legs. When Terry Sherman approached the animal, getting with about 40 feet of it, it literally disappeared into thin air before his eyes. So, you, that description does not sound like any animal I've ever heard of. Low to the ground, heavily muscled, curly hair and a big bushy tail. 200 pounds. And then vanishing before his eyes. So the wolf, the dire wolf, while it didn't vanish before their eyes, it did disappear. And they, and they were not able to account um, for where it went. So all of these activities were really stressful uh, on the Shermans, and which explains why they only, you know, they sold the place after a couple years to um, to Bigelow. So this last incident occurred after um, Bigelow had a presence on the ranch. So they were still apparently utilizing the ranch, but this, the Bigelow's team. And Colin Keller and George Knapp apparently were already had a presence on the ranch. So they had, um, I believe it was four prize uh, bulls. These were uh, something like a couple thousand pounds a piece. These huge, huge bulls. They were worth thousands of dollars uh, each. And they were in a corral. And the Shermans, Gwen and Terry, were headed out to make their rounds, uh, you know, uh, their evening rounds or whatever at the ranch. Uh, and as they were leaving in their vehicle together, Mrs. Sherman said something to the effect of, I don't know what we would do if we ever lost 
those bulls. They go out, do their, make their rounds for an hour or so, come back, and guess what? The bulls are missing. So they frantically uh, get out of their vehicle. They're looking all over for these bulls. The corral that they were in is completely empty. And there's no sign of the bulls, no sound from the bulls anywhere. They've been gone for an hour, maybe less than an hour. Come back and these these huge animals are gone. So in the course of looking for these these bulls, there is a trailer, a storage trailer of some sort, unused trailer, which had a rusty chain and padlock on it that apparently hadn't been opened in years. So in the course of looking for these bulls, uh, Terry Sherman looks in the trailer, and the bulls are inside the trailer. Not only that, they're hypnotized, and they appear to be stunned. They're not moving, they're not making a sound, and they're inside the trailer. Well, they, they rouse, they finally rouse the bulls, the bulls go nuts. They start kicking and tearing up the inside of the trailer. They end up beating their way out. Uh, and they get loose. They get out of the trailer once they're out of their stupor. And upon investigation, the lock and the rusty chain uh, on the trailer door did not appear to have been opened. Like, the lock was still clo- closed and rusted. It hadn't been unlocked. So how did the bulls get in the trailer inside the space of... You know, an hour or less. So that's a mystery there. So, I mean, even if someone was trying to kind of wrangle them into this trailer, they wouldn't go on. I mean, how hard would that be? So basically, these animals appear to have been teleported, subdued somehow, and put inside this trailer. Well, you know that, you know, aliens are always messing with, with cattle. And the interesting thing about this is that you know, Mrs. Sherman made that statement aloud, and, you know, something heard that statement and decided they were going to mess with her. So this ties in with that whole trickster element of, you know, what whatever is going out, going on out at Skinwalker Ranch. And it, it ties in with a bigger kind of, um, you know, there's a trickster, you know, thing out there in the universe it seems like but whatever this entity was it responded to uh her statement with that action and it just appears that hey it it was it was messing you know it was just gonna mess with her and the cows were unharmed the cat the the bulls rather they were unharmed and they were uh very hard to uh to calm down and subdue after that. And, um, like I said, at that time, the, some of the Bigelow team was there, uh, Colin Keller was there and they were able to go out and examine the trailer and examine the situation. And so it's very well documented. So yeah, that's the, the trickster type of thing going on there. So that concludes our fun facts. And, the, uh, 
Yeah, I think now in the History Channel series, they touch on a couple of these things. I think they they mention the bull incident, uh, but they don't go into these older stories that that happened in the in the mid nineteen nineties a whole lot. And I can understand why because the the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is series is based on scientific experimentation, and so you know anecdotal stories of incidents, uh, while they're interesting and, and they, uh, bear examination and discussion and they're fun to talk about, it doesn't really play into, uh, you know, a scientific experiment that's trying to be, follow a method. So I can see why they wouldn't, you know, get into those things in, in great detail. And, and that's why, you know, <laughs> this is a fun fact episode so we could talk about this stuff that happened uh you know back when the shermans were on the ranch so that concludes my fun facts for beginner skinwalker ranch edition i hope you enjoyed it so stay tuned for next time i've got a bigfoot fun facts edition coming up and i'm going to have a special co-host for that episode and that's going to be a lot of fun because i'm not going to provide the fun facts to the co-host ahead of time i'm going to hit him up with the fun facts right right while we're recording for the first time and we'll have some interesting discussion there i can promise you on that one i've got another author uh slated for interview next month in uh, in august and this is uh someone in the field of alien experiencers and it's a big it's a big one it's a a big one in the field so i'm looking forward to that and i got some other stuff in the works and we'll get some more uh episodes out we'll take another look at the mantids we'll take another look at carla turner and the greys and maybe even take another look at antarctica and um we got we got all kinds of fun stuff in the works so thanks so much for tuning in you can follow me on instagram at aliens for beginners pod i do have a facebook page as well and you can email me at Aliens for Beginners Pod at gmail.com. You can direct message me on at Aliens for Beginners on Instagram. And if you are interested in being a guest, if you've had a weird experience you want to talk about, if you have an if you have a podcast of your own and you wanna co-host an episode, if you're interested in you know coming on AFB and chatting. I'm I'm totally open to to that kind of stuff. I would I would I would totally welcome it. So hit me up if you're interested in that kind of thing. And uh thanks so much for tuning in. Take care. The Aliens for Beginners podcast is written and produced by Patrick Roy. Editing was done by MGR Productions. If you have questions, insights, or alien encounters of your own to share, please email us at aliensforbeginnerspod at gmail.com. Also be sure to follow us on Instagram 
at Aliens for Beginners Pod. Thank you for listening.